Welcome back to Smash and Grab Comics. This is John or JP, yep. as I'm more, you know, formally known. Yeah. It's just that's what people know me as. We and have then, a uh, we have another friend named John, so I just call you JP. Yeah, yeah, JP. Anyway, this is Tyler. <clears throat> and then we are here with Phoebe Xavier. Say hi, Phoebe. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're talking today. I just want to make sure I got this right. The comic is called Side Real Apogee. Uh, yes, Scenario Apathy. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, great. Um, so we just ha both had a chance to read this, and we thought it was really cool. Um, <clears throat> how long ago did you write this? Um, this book has been coming together for like the past three years, at least, um, that uh, different stories have been in development um, that will be comprising the first four issues have been at least three years in the making. That's awesome. I'm looking at the cover right now, and when you first sent this to me, I was like, awesome it's got skin it's got dinosaurs it's got uh it's got everything yeah it's dystopian it's pretty much everything we love about comics we're, we're big fans of uh, the dystopian stuff um yeah we just wanted to go through a few things um uh looking at the book the book right now is in black and white with a few pops of color do you plan on keeping the book black and white or do you want it fully colored um, actually, yeah, no, that is like the aesthetic that I plan to keep with this book as long as I can run this book. Um, and I have like about 25 issues right now plotted out that I'm ready to write if I have the opportunity to keep going. Um, but um, as far as, no, I don't want to change that aesthetic. I like, I like doing it. We love um, it. Yeah, and that's what we we were actually just talking about that. I actually really like it in black and white um, with the pops of color. I think the black and white not only is um, kind of invoking a, ma a manga style but also it's going to be cheaper of course to produce in black and white <laughs> so yes. from a production oh, side yeah. yep for production side that's nice for you um yeah. are you doing the writing and the art or i don't do any of the art oh. um i um well actually i kind of if you look at um there are a couple pages in the back where um there might be samples of the storyboards that I send to my art team yep. um, but my my stuff is so rudimentary I'm like drawing stick figures it's not it's, it's very rough storyboards that I draw okay yeah I'm looking at those right now um, yeah it's very cool though um, and I know you sent me the issue two, and I have to admit I haven't gotten that read yet so we're just going to stick to issue one if that's cool yeah sure okay um, <clears throat> so the year 2459, does that have any significance for you? Um, well, this whole reality, the, way, the place that the idea for this book came from is I started writing a book um, maybe four years ago, and the book was set in 2460, yeah. and um, so I got like maybe 130 pages into this book, and I had already killed off all these characters that I really loved that were like minor characters that were going to influence the plot and that. And I was like, shit, there are a lot of other stories I want to tell about these characters. So that's where the comic book stories started coming from. Oh, great. Um, then um, <clears throat> is the main character of Lydia, is that based on you or is that based on anyone else? Or um, No, no. Um, I don't know. There's like, 
was referring to his name inspired um, Lydia's name, but um, mm-hmm. they're... Um, but some of the characters, at least physical appearance, will be based on some of my friends. Sure. Um, but, uh, no, I think Godel and Lydia in that book, and um, who was the other guy, Theory, the, the killer on the moon or whatever. Yep. Um, on the moon of Jupiter. Um, yeah, no, those are developed not really based on... Oh, you know what? There was <laughs> a hippie that I met years and years ago with the weird tattoo sort of thing going on with his arm, the molecule. Yeah. And I think he... You know what I love? The vehicles are very kind of Star Wars-esque, you know? They look uh, the hovering tank. Um, yeah. Do you like Star Wars? I love Star Wars. Um, I think that the, the design for that vehicle was actually a mashup of um, uh, we, we, like, in early design phase, I think we were basing off of the Mad Max, the first Mad Max movies. Oh, um, for sure. Nice. Yeah, and I'm yeah. seeing um, uh, to get it more into inspirations. You know, when I when I went through it and I looked at it, you know, I got shades of Tank Girl. I got shades of like Final Fantasy. There's very it's a very manga inspired, but then also uh, I, I kind of got the, the feeling of like Dino Crisis, like that old PlayStation game. So um, tell us about some of the inspirations that you're taking from. Um, the, the, the look of the book is supposed to be somewhere in between American superhero and the um, Japanese manga style or the, the yeah, Asian manga style. Definitely getting and, that. Um, you nailed it. Yeah, um, well, both like, each issue, like, I have different artists, and some people are more leaning towards one style than the other. Yeah. So, um, actually, one of the artists I just started working with um, has the, his style is a lot like uh, Mobius. Mm hmm. And so, like, there are, there's going to be a range of different styles, but I tell everybody, this is what we're aiming for, is the, the mashup of American Superhero and, um, and, and the Japanese sort of look. Yeah. But um, I also know for my American Superhero, I am specifically kind of partial to X-Men and late 90s X-Men. Um, Age, of, Age of the Apocalypse is where we take a lot of um, oh, for sure. like, fashion sort of cues from. Yeah, and that, that definitely comes across uh, quite a lot in the book. I, I really like the panels. I like the pages. Uh, I like dinosaurs. I mean, you, you got me. It's like, you know, it's dystopian. It's dinosaurs. It's, when I, it's great. When I told JP, I said, hey, this is a futuristic story, but they run into dinosaurs, you know? Yeah, I was very excited to read it. So, yep. <laughs> Uh, the dinosaurs probably aren't going to show up for like at least another 10, 10 issues or anything but um, there are weird, weird little creatures and or weird things that in each issue there's something sort of paranormal or I don't know like we do keep switching it up but it's not going to always be Oh, no, that's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. And um, this book sets that up really well. And that's what I kind of like is um, uh, everything in this book is unexpected. You know, the dinosaurs just show up. The dystopian future is, is set all up. Uh, the, the vehicles look cool. So I really like that um, the possibilities for this book are, are uh, kind of endless. You, you know, you bring up all these weird creatures that you're going to be adding to the book. Uh, I'm ready for it. It's cool that you've... Uh, you set a landscape where you're not you're not going to be surprised to see certain things. It's just it's it's a fun ride, and I like the roller coaster that you're uh, you're going to take us on with this book here. My favorite, so my favorite is the uh, samurai costume on uh, is it Godel or Godel or 
Is that a, yeah, um, a, I, don't, I don't even know how to pronounce his name right. I took his name from a European philosopher that I can't even pronounce it. Yeah, <laughs> well, I noticed, the, I, noticed the, I noticed the umlauts over the O, and I was like, wow, how would I pronounce that? And yeah, I don't know. So uh, <laughs> did did he come across that samurai uniform somewhere in their travels or is that how he's always dressed? I um I uh, I deal uh, I addressed that in the um uh, in the letters page in the first issue okay. it's that his mother came from the uh, the helmet okay. and that she is a she was a scavenger like him and um I think it's sort of um, detailed somewhere in one of the captions about how like the people on Earth who don't live in the dome cities are like all have this airborne infection. Yep. Um, so, so they all expect to die young and um, so his mother's already passed away when she was like in her forties or something. Okay. And but he's a teenager now and that's one of the only things that he still has that she gave him. Very okay. cool. Well, um, tell us a little bit about your history in terms of comics and how you kind of became interested in comic writing and interested in uh, doing things like this. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about what got you to that point or where your love for comics began? Okay, sure, yeah. Um, I, I actually like, learned to read really, really young. So, um, and my, mom, my mom gave me her comic collection probably when I was like three years old. And I was just starting to read and um, so I was reading all sorts of crazy old 50s and 60s, Lois Lane and um, um, what's his face, Jimmy Olsen had his own book. And um, that's right, you know, like old, old witching hour, and um, a lot of it was Superman and Supergirl, and um, later on, the Legion of Superheroes or whatever. Um, so that was like my initial introduction to comic books, really, really young, reading all her, her old stuff. And so I guess probably like by the time I was five, I needed to like start looking for new titles because I read all that she had to give me. And I think I got into like G.I. Joe and Transformers at first, um, early 80s Hasbro crap. And but that's what led me to Marvel and to reading a lot more X-Men, like I already mentioned. Um, I got into other Marvel stuff a little bit, some Spider-Man and stuff. Um, I read a lot of science fiction in general. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaac Asimov, I was also reading probably by the time I was like six years old. My grandfather got me into that really early. Okay. Um, so, I've been into sci-fi and comic books for forever, ever. And um, a couple years ago, I started writing like full-time. Yeah. And um, I wrote a couple of screenplays. Actually, my first couple attempts at writing professionally, I tried to write X-Men screenplays, mm-hmm. which... Um, did not get picked up by Fox. No. So I, I, think, I think they're pretty, pretty well written, but I, I they used, did not tell it. I used to write X-Men fan fiction and hope that Marvel would love them, but I never sent them off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually, no, I, I didn't send any of those in. Um, I didn't send them in either. Uh, yeah, um, this show, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to any of our episodes, but we love um, anything offbeat you know sci-fi horror um sword and sandal books um in any i mean we love i don't get me wrong i love dc and marvel but our show we really concentrate on anything that's not on the main radar because there are shows that out there that focus on you know those big two uh producers so um who's gonna release your book 
Um, okay. Um, well, I'm releasing with Advent, um, but getting back to then other like indie, like sort of off the wall um, things that I that I influenced by. Oh yeah. Um, um, Blade of the Immortal. I was. Well, uh, I, I I stopped reading it maybe a hundred issues into it at some point. But Blade of the Immortal was a big influence on me through the late nineties and early two thousand. Um, I also um, enjoy um, John Byrne's Next Men. Is I think is sort of an indie one that I would have liked a lot. No, absolutely. Um, that's that's where uh, Hellboy first appeared. Was the uh, the Next Men? So that's kind of cool. Yep. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hellboy's first appearance was in a comic called Next Men. Yeah. The John Byrne book? Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we love Hellboy, so. Awesome. Um, is, is he getting a new movie? I heard he's getting a new movie. He is, is. going to get a new movie, yeah. Yep. I'm very excited for that. Yeah, and sure. uh, the, the, the new Hellboy series just started, so I'm pretty pumped about that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I follow um, Ron Perlman on Twitter. So I know. I, well, they're not putting they're not putting Ron Perlman in the movie though. Yeah, it's gonna oh, be somebody no. different. It, but the but literally the Hellboy character looks identical to the Ron Perlman version. It's almost exactly the same, but it looks good. <laughs> it looks good. Um, the other type of movie too, the the, the fish character from that, from that um, series. Um, Abraham, I don't I don't think he's. I'm not sure if he's going to make a return or not yet. Abe Simeon. Abe Simeon, there he is. Yep, yeah. Abe Simeon. I don't know if he's going to return. The, uh, the only thing they've confirmed is just it's a Hellboy movie and Hellboy's going to be in it. And it's going to be rated R. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 we're happy about that. I put a photo on smashandgrabcomics.com. I put a photo of the new actor um, in, the, in the Hellboy makeup. So uh, if you wanted to check it out. Cool. Yeah, I will. Um, so go on. You were saying uh, about uh, your influences or early oh, early um, reading? Well, I can tell you. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, you asked what I was releasing with. I'm releasing with Advent. Um, Advent, very cool. I guess last year I had gotten enough of the story done on a few of my stories um, and um, that are like anything that could have been from the first three issues that we've been working on. And um, I, I, I knew that like I needed at least five pages to pitch to most com- uh, companies. So I had at least like 10 pages of good stuff written by then. And I was like, well, just for the hell of it, let me pitch to a couple companies and see if anybody likes this book. Mm-hmm. And Advent, I think, was one of three or four companies that um, they, they responded pretty immediately and was like, yeah, we, I think I could sell this. What, um, show me, like, what's your plan with it or whatever. So um, I, from, from the jump, uh, when he said that he was interested, I mostly been um, working in cooperation with Advent towards getting this That's awesome. Is there a release date coming up? Um, okay, so we have, right now, we've been approved by Comixology.com. They are going to carry us. Nice. You just don't know. I have to, like, resize and reformat some of the pages that, and resubmit that to them. But they're going to give us a release date on that soon. We also just submitted, I think, through um, with Diamond to see if we're going to be carried in stores. If there's interest in, in stores, then we will publish like a, a, a couple hundred copies and do a small run of it. Well, that's awesome. We, uh, we can't say it on, on the show, but we have an affiliation with a store, and uh, we love getting... Uh, 
new stuff in like that. So yeah, if uh, if we can get something. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, with the uh, the pages that you sent us, um, are you okay with maybe us putting like one or two of the pages um, at your discretion, of course, on our website, Smash or Grab Comics, to give people a little preview, or is it still kind of something you want to be in the works right now? Okay, let me tell you, like, so if, as long as I'm issue one sample, I sent you, I don't want the issue two sample. Oh, yeah, yep. It's, and, yeah, we wouldn't do anything that you wouldn't approve, but um, it'd be nice for our fans or our listeners to have a place to maybe look at a few samples. And not the whole thing, of course. We want people to go out and get the book to see how it all, you know, flushes out and goes to the end. But maybe just uh, page sure. one, page two, or something in the I, middle. Yeah, I was thinking so, about a page. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you a little bit more about which pages that you want. Uh, and maybe we, maybe we can figure out one or two pages. Just throw up on the website and give people a little preview. Some of that's really graphic too. I hope it's an adult audience. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we just had a, a laugh about this a week ago. Um, John and I are always very explicit. Um, we 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 just have vulgar mouths, you know. And uh, so we uh, someone on Facebook. I posted our our uh, show on their Facebook page as as. Uh, for new people to go to it and he got very upset because it was inappropriate so um so that's okay though um those aren't the kind of sites we want to be on anyway we we i don't like to be censored and we're an adults only podcast we don't want our books to be censored either (laughs) yes okay cool um i love that in some of the shots with lydia's hair there's you know some coloring um was that your choice yeah, um, she was, the way the character was designed was um, with that, like, the actual idea, I don't think it comes up in the book at all, but the idea is that her dreadlocks are the part that are colored and that the dreadlocks actually have, like, a nano mod sort of thing built into them so that they're constantly changing colors. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I really like that. I thought that was a real good highlight of the comic, and, um, it brought a, a little bit of a flavor to the black and white, um, you know, the kind of manga style, but also just that little that little touch of color really makes those pages pop, and it, it works really well. And that's why when I was reading it, I was hoping that you would actually aesthetically want it to be black and white to have those color pops be more impactful. And that's the way I read it. So I'm very happy to hear that that's the way you want it to be. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, initially I had been looking at doing a black and white book just because uh, it would have been cheaper to self-publish it that way. Mm-hmm. And then the more I started working in that format and then um, talking about doing like the color accents the way we do them, that like I realized it would be the same, basically the same cost to print in black and white or to print in black and 90% black and white, but, um, which is what I'm doing. It's like 90% black and white, just a little bit here and there. And um, so... But now I just like doing it because the aesthetic, I think, sort of sets us a little bit apart. It's memorable. And also, we're, since the artist will be changing up so much, you'll at least be able to recognize the style and that will maintain that aspect of it. No, absolutely. Yeah, I love it. It works for the character. It's going to make her more recognizable and also just kind of have those moments. And um, yeah, I really like those those neon moments is what I'm going to kind of tag them right now. I mean, I just I really like them. It's cool. Awesome. Um, so in your messages to me, you had talked about, um, being a writer outside of comic books. Um, how did you get started in writing in general? Um, again, probably back when I was like 10 years old was probably the first time I like tried writing a comic book and I don't want anyone to think I've been doing it the whole time since I was 10. We did it a little bit when we were young and then I haven't picked it up again until like the last three years. 
mm-hmm. but it's um uh, but then my writing in general i went on to um i did songwriting for a long time and i started i wrote wrote a book maybe in my mid-20s that i never really published um but i had it um i still have parts of it that'll go into my new book um um, I'm also so my one of my other projects right now is a short story collection that it will be about 17 stories and it will also include um, an 18 story which is my fourth screenplay mm-hmm. um, and that one is all original content that one is about two vampires from Los Angeles who are also the biggest mass manufacturers and distributors in that region and they're also to the biggest graffiti artists in that region. So um, they have these weird games where they play where they talk tweakers and they're killing themselves. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's, it's, that's already awesome. So. Hey, if the screenplay doesn't sell, make that a comic. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'd read that. Yeah, um, well, it's going to go out in the, com- I mean, in the short story collection because um, I just want people to be able to read it. And then if by it being out there, somebody, um, a producer or a director wanted to uh, pick it up for me, I'd be happy to talk to them, but I just want to get it out there as a story. Right now. I, I think the idea of vampires being uh, meth dealers is awesome. <laughs> I mean, what better way than to get tweakers to kill themselves so they have food, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, the opening scene is like they're sitting with this in, in a car in LA with this kid getting high with him, and then they're talking about just driving off the ramp, like sort of the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But they're like, well, Christ is here, it'll give us the greatest city. And the kid agrees to do it, and then because of the angle they pick, it crashes him right into like a white post, and then he like flies through the windshield, and they like have their seatbelts on, and they just get out all comfortable, like, oh well, there's another one. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> another one bites the dust, I guess. And then they come on a graffiti rampage, I think, yeah. That's fantastic, yeah. Uh, and vampires are actually uh, back on the rise. You know, um, there's a book out right now called Redneck that uh, is done really, really well. I think um, people are kind of getting over the zombie hump, and uh, the zombies have kind of been ruling TV and uh, film for a little bit too long. And I think vampires are do a comeback. So I think you got a winner with that one. Thanks. Um, yeah, and it's in a big collection. So if that's not somebody's favorite story, there's another 17 stories in there for them. Yeah, right. Is it is it being published at all? Um, I have not um, like fully like pitched that to everybody I'm going to pitch it to. Um, right now, I have two more stories to complete for it. I have 15 of the 17 stories done, mm-hmm. and um, I have to reformat the screenplay because the, um, the only form of it that I have is the one that I wrote like five years ago. And actually, that one I did submit. I submitted that one to, um, I think it's Troublemakers is the name of the studio. Is in, um, um, what's his, the, um, the Dust of Dawn guy, what's his name? Yeah, Robert Rodriguez, um, Troublemakers. Robert Rodriguez. Yep, Troublemakers, his studio. I went to his studio in Austin and dropped off, in, like, in person, dropped off a copy of that one when I finished it. But, um, I, it wasn't solicited, and I think that's how you're supposed to professionally get your movies made, if somebody wants to ask you for it, you know, so it's just drop on them. <laughs> you know, hey, I'd try anything and everything. So I think you're doing the right thing on that one. Just do whatever you can to get it out there. You know, John and I have started this uh, podcast uh, six months ago or so, and it's the same boat. We want 
listeners. So I've been literally doing anything I can to market it, whether it's going right to someone says, download this, or like I'm making t-shirts right now. We're talking about going door to door to get sponsors. Um, you know, you, you got to do whatever it takes. Yeah. You, you got to pound the pavement, especially in uh, the modern day. You know, it's just people think they can just sit at home and uh, somebody's going to knock on their door and be like, Hey man, you want this Ferrari? You know, it's like the things don't work that way. You have to pound the pavement. You got to get your work boots on. You got to get up, you got to go and you got to do stuff, you know? So I applaud you with uh, your tenacity on trying to get some of this stuff going. And I think you've got a, a really good, uh, really good start with this comic here. Um, I like the way it looks. Yeah, no, absolutely. So are you, are you seeing it as a um, mini or are you going to hopefully keep it as an ongoing or? Um, so, all right. So this, this book, if I, if I have the opportunity, if I start to get some, um, some, some readership and um, then that way I'm able to continue to pay my art, then I would like to run at least about 25 issues of this one. Mm-hmm. And I'm also working on a, um, a spinoff right now. It's a character that I haven't introduced yet in this book, but um, I wanted to do another book that would just be consistently followed one character, probably also in color. Um, and but that I am just starting to pitch it to my artists, figure out which art, art, uh, art team I want to put together for that. Okay, cool. So this, so I guess the overall plan then is this 25 or hopefully 25 issue arc on this, this is, you really just want to flesh out your universe and then branch off with some main characters that you have in the creative right now. Yeah, hopefully. Um, also, well, the other thing is I have to go back and finish that novel that started this whole thing. Sure. And, um, so I have two um, short stories to finish for the short story collection. And then I'm going back to um, start to tackle that novel again. Beautiful. Awesome. Can uh, Where can people find your stuff so far? Do you have Facebook or website? Um, um, not, okay, so my writing is, you can find me on urbanvacancypress.com. Is, I have a couple interviews there. I have an interview with Berman Supreme. Um, I have an interview with Tony Wolf from the band Y, um, Open Like Evil. A couple of really good interviews up there. Um, and I also write weekly for a um, website called tvismypacifier.com you know and I'm a- <laughs> I was going to say when you brought that up earlier TV is my pacifier I thought that I'd never heard of it but I thought that was a great website title <laughs> great name yeah right? yeah oh yeah um yeah for sure um the, but I'm on the if we controlled your remote control on there most of the time okay um is like we sort of based on what is on new tonight like I think tomorrow I wrote up Get Shorty um, it's the season finale of Get Shorty, so my, I chose to write up Get Shorty for tomorrow as what you should watch. And then we update you on what happened last episode in case you forgot, so you're fresh, refreshed, ready to watch the episode that's on that night. Awesome. Um, okay. Let's see here. I'm just going through the comic, make sure I didn't miss anything I wanted to ask you about. Um, <laughs> John, you got anything? Okay. <clears throat> Maybe I'll drop you guys an email to let you know when we go live. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. We'd love to um, update our listeners. You know, we can give a weekly update on this book and let people know, uh, you know, what's going on. We're going to probably wrap it up, though. Did you have any closing words or anything that you wanted to say to any listeners about your book, about anything that you have upcoming? Or um, this Um, is basically your open mic minute. Okay, I want to say thank you to my artist, my art team, um, who's incredible. Thank you to um, the team that put together your issue one, Octavia Moon uh, on the cover. 
Lulu SF on the art on the first story, Scavenger the Beast. Um, Kingdom, uh, Kingdom Made the Hollow on the color absence on that one. And uh, Bayron Calderon, who did the art on the second one. Um, what is that one called? Um, Quiet Storm. So, yeah, thank you, everybody that contributed to my crowdsource. And, yeah, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Yeah, no problem. One thing, I had one more question that just kind of hit me. Like, um, Do you know your artists personally, or how are you finding them? Very few of them. Or actually, I think Kingdom is the only one that I know from my personal life. Um, and there's also maybe a picture in the back in the bonus art from Tatiana Gutierrez, who is um, a friend of mine. Those are two girls that I've traveled with before. Okay. Cool. And, uh, yeah, we want to thank you, uh, Phoebe for coming on. Um, we, like I said, we really love pumping, you know, independent creative projects. So, um, anytime you have something new, hit me up on Facebook and we'll try to get you on. Thank you so much. I will keep you guys posted. This book will come out once every three months. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you, Phoebe. Thank you. Thank you so much. You guys have a great night. You too. All right. Awesome. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Um, hopefully the audio quality comes through a little bit. Um, it's yeah. tough because we're doing it on a phone and recording it. So we'll have to see how it sounds. Maybe you can clean it up and post a little bit. But, we'll see. Yeah. Um, hopefully it came across great. Um, you know, it's our first time doing a phone interview. Um, and it's, I mean, it's no different than doing a phone interview on the radio. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, uh, but again, guys, that was uh, Phoebe Xavier. The comic was called Side Real Apogee. Uh, we, both Tyler and I had a chance to read it. Uh, Tyler was a little skeptical at first, I think, for the book. But uh, ultimately... Well, well, you know, I just didn't know what to expect. And I've had... Yeah. We've had... Um, couple other people hit us up. Well, one in particular that <laughs> yes, neither indeed. of us had a um, good response to the comic. So when getting this um, offer to for us to review it, I was like, okay, you know. Yeah. But, you know, after reading it and then and John reading it, I was really glad he liked it. So, yeah, it's, it, it was a lot of fun. I can't wait to see it in print. Um, yeah, it would be really, really cool to see um, more of it, too. I'm actually interested in hitting you up about issue two. I really like the idea. It was dystopian. There's a lot of things going on, but I like the way Phoebe's going with it. She's got a lot of inspirations. Uh, she roots herself in classic sci-fi and, you know, reading Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen way back in the day. That yeah, kind of got the comics, but then the sci-fi thing really hit me, and we love sci-fi. And... Um, it was a nice to chat with her. Yeah, it was, it, and it worked out well. So Really open person about the book. Um, I think... With how hard she's working, I like that she's, uh, again, we talked about it in the interview about pounding the pavement and getting out there. I think that's just kind of what you got to do nowadays. It's just, you got to get out there. You know, she, I love how she physically took a script to Troublemaker Studios and be like, hey, check this shit out. You know, read this shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. And they were probably just like, gee, thanks. And like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's tough to do in, in terms of um, getting your things out there, but. So, I applaud the tenacity. Yeah. Um, so we weren't sure if we were going to actually review any books, but um, John, I read Walking Dead this I week. I did read Walking Dead. You so did. I, I did thought, actually I get to that. I thought you would. Oh, yeah. So let, let's at least talk about Walking Dead. Yes, yeah, so we can talk about one book. And then um, before we get too far into it, um, next week, Tyler and I have bought trade paperbacks of Happy. Uh, Happy is a going to be a new sci-fi TV series. Yeah. And it looked, check out the trailer. The trailer just got released from New York Comic Con and it was 
fucking hilarious. Yeah. So funny. So both Tyler and I have bought a copy of Happy for us to review and talk about. Um, I don't know if we'll actually review it like we normally do and go through the whole book and maybe and do spoilers just because it is a TV show that's going to come out. And it's um, quite a bit thicker. So yeah. I mean, so it's we'll, a graphic novel. So we'll probably just review the book as a whole mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And like let the people know what we thought. And then we'll go back to kind of our regular format of doing more books. But uh, we're going to wrap up with Walking Dead. It's going to be a little bit shorter of a show this week. And then uh, we'll hit we'll hit up the regular two-hour rants that we normally yeah. get on <laughs> So <laughs> next week. I would like to you know, point out when we do uh, the happy interview, that'll probably be coming up later this week. Um, because I have to be gone next weekend. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was a. Uh, I jumped the gun on that. So Tyler might be gone for a little bit. So we'll figure it out. So it, if the show isn't up by Sunday, um, send Tyler hate mail. Please uh, don't hate me. Uh, <laughs> it will probably. I'm going to be gone up until Sunday. I'll be at the Vikings Packers game. Yeah. I don't want to brag. You a Vikings fan? But I'm a Vikings fan, and my Ooh. wife is a Packers fan. Ooh. So. Um, I'm hoping. Ugh. Okay, we got to ride the shuttle from the hotel to the new new Viking Stadium. Um, can't think of what it's called right now, but um, the rail, for, the monorail. No, no, no. The oh, new sorry. stadium. Oh, uh, the Bird Killer Stadium. No. <laughs> 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 okay. So anyway, as we're riding the shuttle, um, I hope someone lights her cheese head on fire. Uh, yeah, I'm, there might be. You, you might get egged. I know. You might be guilty by association on that I know. shit. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, she's gonna. She actually is gonna wear her Aaron Rodgers jersey and then have a coat on over it, really? so she doesn't get shit oh, on the way there. Just uh, tell her to be loud and proud. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're gonna have a good time there. Um, okay. Walking Dead. Back to where we we're talking about Walking yeah, Dead. Sorry. One seventy two. Okay. The last issue we were introduced to the princess. The princess, yo. And she's baller. Okay, so this was this episode starts cool. They're about to go in where the princess actually lives. Michonne is looking pissed. Yep. Because in the last issue, if you remember, she kind of joked around that she was living with a whole bunch of people, and she goes, "It's cool, they're here," you know. And Michonne is just not having it with jokes. She's yeah. not in the mood. This ain't a joke thing. Like you're joking about people ambushing us. It's not cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I haven't read Walking Dead in issues in a long time. Yeah. And so I knew that um, uh, Carl gets shot. Yeah, through the eyeball. Yeah. But, you know, I never read it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So seeing the artwork for it in, in this little, issue, uh, little it's jarring. jarring. Yeah. A little <laughs> like, like, oh, shit. I was like, whoa, dude. Yeah, his Jesus. Eyes been, his, his eyes been like that for a while. I know. You know, um, in the I've been reading it in trade paperback. So I'm on, I don't know, issue 80-something. Oh, sure. And this is issue 172. So I'm, you know, I'm missing. Almost 100 issues back. Yeah. You know, so... I don't know. I I may continue on with the trades to get caught up or look for back issues. I'm not sure. It's, it gets expensive though. I mean, uh, 171 is now tough to find. I got you know people ask me where to find that. It's like good luck. It's sold it's, out. It's sold yeah. out. You know, it's first appearance of a new character. So what's it going for? Is it even? I up don't there? think it's jumped. I think you, I think it's ranging seven eight bucks. You know. Okay. Uh, okay. Maybe maybe ten dollars. A lot of probably a lot of buy it now is nine ninety nine. Yeah. Just to just because people want it. You know what I mean? It's, it's when first appearances come around. It's. It's tough to track down the book again. It, it, they sell out pretty much instantly. There's all, all sorts of speckers online. Yep. So, yeah. Anywho, John, your thoughts on this issue? I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, we get more of the princess. Princess brings out a spear, which is funny as shit. Um, 
she comes toting out of her apartment building that she's been living in. She's like, you know, hey, what's up? And she's like, check out this dope spear. That's exactly <laughs> what she says. Yes. And then, and then uh, she's like, it looks like somebody spent a ton of time on this shit. Like, have you seen a spear like this? This is crazy. And then, like, you know, everyone's kind of unimpressed. And then uh, she's like, well, don't you think it's cool? And you, know then, what, uh, you know what it looks like? It looks like somebody turned a weightlifting bar and put a spearhead on the end of it. Yeah. It's kind of got that look to it i don't know if that's what it is it's got that vibe though it's nice and then one of the survivors with it with them goes i think this beer is cool she's like <laughs> fuck yeah you know like it's like cool and then um it's funny though she's still like gaining this trust so she's like you know um looking towards michonne and she's like uh you know i think it's time i can get my gun back right and, and michonne's, michonne's like, like i'm gonna I hold on to think it. i'll hold on to it she's whatever like, i have others yeah whatever <laughs> i got others that's what she said <laughs> yeah so i think it's funny she, i think she's hiding guns on herself she's got plenty of guns yeah. on her she's been surviving by herself forever so yeah and then, then uh, jump over to rick yep jump over to rick in alexandria um rick is Still reeling from some of the events of past issues or pa- uh, past events. Um, he got into a little bit of a scuffle with the leader of Negan's old fortress. Yeah. And now it's been taken over. So the saviors are still there and they're still technically the saviors, but they're not run by Negan. But he got into a scuffle with her and she accidentally hit her head on a table and died. So Dwight was fucking pissed about it because he had no idea what happened he thought rick killed her and he said rick it says it's an accident and dwight was mad because he's supposed to take rick's word for it and then uh there's been this real just tension in alexandria because rick doesn't know if dwight's gonna uh, just jump him at any time um so that's been causing rick some trouble and then of course there was a very very big emotional issue it was a double-sized issue um andrea andrea died it was rough. Yeah. Andrea got killed. Uh, she got bit and then she turned and then Rick had to put her out of her misery. So there's been uh, some really emotional scenes of Rick at the gravesite and he's, he can't sleep in his house. Like he, he falls asleep out there on the dirt and it's just, it's really, you can see the personalization coming through and like, it's just real strong writing and real strong artwork. Yeah. And it's good respect for the character. I don't think we'll get over this for a little while. And, uh, I don't think we should get over this for a little while. It's a huge character that's been around since issue number one or two. Andrea. Yeah. And now, you know, so, yeah, she she she's it. from the beginning. Yeah. She made it to 160, 170 issues. It's okay. crazy. Uh, so yeah, that's been going on. And then this book is covering a lot. It, it covers quite a bit cause you know, it's flashing to Alexandria. It's flashing to the hilltop. Carl's helping rebuild the hilltop mm-hmm. because uh the whisperers had attacked uh so they pretty much burned down the whole place so carl's there helping out and they've got this nice double page spread where carl's just like you know i think this is going to turn out just fine and yep. like it's easy you know they're building all these buildings carl's, so it, looks, it looks sick carl's learning how to um uh put shingles on a roof yeah he's almost being a mason like he's, he's turning and, into a man well you can see the leader qualities coming out in carl now you know he's starting to gain rapport with people people are starting to look for him uh, or look to him for more responsibilities you can really see the shift of power from rick as rick. a main character to, to maybe carl. carl taking over i think ultimately at one point in the walking dead you know this is a fan theory this is my fan theory yeah i think at one point we are going to see carl take over this book as the main character because you think so well these you know this book is rooted in reality mm-hmm. you know it sure it's a zombie book but 
there's nothing supernatural about this book in terms of the people that are in it. You know what I mean? Even there's the, no superpowers. No, and even the zombies themselves, I don't feel like are supernatural. Mm. I mean, what it is, um, we don't know what it is, but it's probably a virus of some kind. It's viral. Yeah, yeah it's, and they've explained that, and, and um, everybody's infected. So, I don't really see that as supernatural because no. we've seen real viruses how they affect people mentally and and uh, so well, yeah I, to me all of it is based in reality yeah and that's what i'm saying though is like this book is rooted in reality and the characters in this book are aging you know as the book goes on you know what mm -hmm. i mean rick's got a big old bushy beard you know carl, it, it, never, it never says that he what his age is but you know and carl's grown up right before our eyes you know, carl's not 12 anymore right you know uh and that time jump that happened is really huge too that that really refreshed the book and gave readers or um long time readers uh, a fresh take on it so yeah i mean these characters are aging with as the book goes on as the story goes on and uh, it's wonderful to read that. You have to you have to be able to do that to keep it fresh because what essentially if you have the same trope that Robert Kirkman's been doing is that they've been running from zombies. He's kept that going for 172 issues now. You got to create you got to create and, conflict some other way. Yeah, and it's always this group of people wanting territory over that group of people because this yeah. is safer than there, you know, and right. And now rather than it being a fight to survive book and uh kind of a group war book it's now more, more about the relationships that the characters have interconnected between themselves uh we kind of get into that actually i'm yep. glad i brought that up because i was just thinking that because carl's got a girlfriend yeah carl's got a girlfriend uh this was the uh alpha's daughter alpha was the leader of the whispers before she got yep. killed by negan and she kind of got rescued by carl who took her in and she's starting to feel more light more like a real person she's been brought up in this weird society that was like um you know using every part of the buffalo they would you know they would kill the corpses and strip them of their flesh and use their bones and like just this weird barbaric kind of society of of ultimate survival you know if you're not strong enough to survive you don't belong with us kind of thing yeah so uh, so she's trying to reassess her personality and re relearn how to live relearn how to become a person yes um and and she's thanking carl for accepting her and all that and carl's just like yeah you're welcome let's do it so because um, <laughs> carl's kind of a horny kid i just want to jump well we'll come back to it but i'm yeah, gonna jump will. to the next carl scene yeah where um <clears throat> and what's her name uh, his friend this is this is Sophia. Sophia, yeah, because Sophia didn't make it in the show, but yeah. Sophia's made it all the way to now in the comic. And so Sophia is she's jealous, really. She that is Carl spending more time with another girl, even though Sophia really doesn't have an interest in Carl as far as a love I interest. I think she does. Do you? Yeah, I think I think she's pissed. It read to me that she's just mad that Carl's not hanging out with her because Carl, he even explains, he's like, well, I'm seeing her. I feel bad if I'm hanging out with you, you know, yeah, and but that's girl politics, baby. <laughs> that's called divide and conquer. That's girl politics, man. You know that. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Once you're with somebody, you can't have friends that are girls. That's just, <laughs> I, I know I get the male you, politics of it, but this I is, I just want to, go off on a tangent here because i've told my wife this many times because she had male friends and i said i trust you i don't trust them and she no, says, that's why? what it's all about and she said why why and i said because men 
are not friends with women because they want to be friends. They're friends with women hoping that someday it will be more. Exactly. That's that's the ultimate outcome. You, you just... And it I, just doesn't work. I don't think I'm alone in that. I definitely think if nope, a guy, if a guy says my best friend, my best breast friend, yeah, my uh, best, my <laughs> best friend is a girl, it's because he has a crush on her. You know, it's it's not because she's into the same stuff he is, and yeah, all that it's BS. Yeah, it, girls, I think can have male friends. I think so. You can't. But guys can't do it. They, their motives are always yeah. to become more than friends. Oh, absolutely. There's the ultimate out. The ultimate outcome is sex. Let's 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 be cut and dry. Yeah. That's that's what the ultimate goal is. Yeah. And that's the only reason that some guys even have friends that are girls. You know, like yep. that's the ultimate goal is to get there. You know, I'm not stupid. Yep. You know, that's the that's what the fuck it is. Yes. Like, don't lie to me. I know when. You when know? Uh, oh no, she's just a really good person. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah. Like, shut up. When when uh, my wife and I were having this conversation, I said, "I'm telling you right now, if I ever go, I'm going to go hang out with Cindy. We're really good buds, and da 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 da. You should be worried mm -hmm. because that deep down, I want something to happen with Cindy. You know, yeah, or put whose ever name in there. But. Right. No, exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, come on. Let's be real. I, I just made that up. <laughs> she listen to it. Peggy. Who the fuck is Cindy? Peggy, there's no Cindy. Okay. Um, baby, oh. can, I, I, can I sleep in my bed tonight? I mean, I, I'm sorry. Tyler, you need a, sorry. You need a open mic minute for apology. There's no Cindy. I promise it. Damn it. <laughs> you get done fucked up now. Okay. Back to the book. Back to the book. We jump back to uh, Michonne. Michonne and... Uh, and uh, Princess. Princess. I keep wanting to call her like special or something. <laughs> Twilight, but it's princess. Yep. Princess. Uh, they're still on the road. They're kind of just chatting and talking and um, they come across a group of walkers, uh -huh. which is uh, awesome because uh, we get to see a little bit of action. It's nice to see a little bit of action in this book. And I like how Michonne is, you know, asserting her dominance. She's, she's dictating. Uh, she's basically just like everybody else hang out behind me. Princess, you're with me. You know, let's see what you can do with that spear. Oh, heck yes. Yeah, I love how she puts her goggles down. She's like, oh, heck yeah. Okay, like, does she remind you of 90s Jubilee? Yeah, uh, a little from bit. From comic books. She, yeah. She's got that look, right? Yeah, she's definitely that look. I like the tank girl quality to her. She's got this great attitude. X-Men. And she's just, she's just fun and cool. Yep. And then, uh, as... Uh, Princess and Michonne are pretty much slaughtering this horde that's in front of him. Uh, two of the survivors, I can never keep their names straight because they're not like super huge main characters. That's no. one problem with Walking Dead is everybody but the main cast is not the main cast to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. does that make sense? Like, yeah. And so they're just two women faces to me. I, I completely agree. Right. They're, they're riding um, horseback uh, together and uh, the girl in the rear gives her a hug and and the girl in front thinking, oh, I don't like this, you know, in front of people. Yeah, because they they're do, gay. They're gay. They're yep. lesbian, I guess. Together. They're yeah, partners. They're partners. And, and but the the lead, the girl in the front of the horse does not want people to know. And and I like how um, the girl in the back, the Asian girl, yep. uh, she says a really perfect line, which is uh, really relevant to today or at least relevant or sh how it should be today mm -hmm. in terms of um, being gay, bi, lesbian, transgender, whatever. She says, nobody here cares. You know, look those out there. Those rules are gone. Yeah, those rules are gone. Look out there against those zombies. Do you think they give a fuck? Like, they're, they're, they're there to just 
eat us. They don't care whether you're gay, whether whatever. She's like, and she's like, your your bigot parents are dead. Yep. And she's like, everybody in this party doesn't care. And everybody uh, in this party is more concerned about if you can keep us alive. This is funny because Michonne and um, new girl, uh, what's her name? Princess. Princess. What yeah. the fuck? They're coming. They're <laughs> coming. They're coming back from their slaughter. Yes. And um, so the um, Asian girl on the back of the horse goes, "Good job, guys." Did you know me and Magna and I are completely and utterly gay? And and, and then she's like, thanks. Uh, congrats, Michonne. He says yeah, that. Gee, and then thanks. one of the guys goes, I knew. The other one goes, me too. <laughs> and then uh, so she's just showing her how easy it was to come out. And Yeah, no, no one cares. No, nope. they're just like, whatever. It's like that scene in Jurassic Park. Oh, see, nobody cares. <laughs> we got, we got. What's his name? I can't remember what he says. Uh, he says something about. We got Dick D- Dixon Donaldson. Uh, anyway, yeah, he says something about his job or something like that. Yeah, and then he's like, he's like pointing out to him, screaming. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh, see, nobody cares. <laughs> it's great. It's exactly that scene from Jurassic Park where nobody cares, and that's the best part about it is everyone here is just like, dude. Uh, seriously like we got way bigger things to worry about right now don't really care like i love congrats. i love <laughs> i keep calling her special <laughs> no she goes awesome some of my best friends were lesbians they always threw the best parties they were low-key cocktail affairs not ragers super fun first time i ever had fondue <laughs> first time i had fondue she's a great character i love how she brings such uh light lightheartedness to this. yeah because yeah. it's a comic that um is definitely ruled by some downtrodden things that happen you know mm. there's death and destruction and the world around the world is crumbling before everybody's eyes and it's nice to see some light so i like i really like her character a lot for sure and then uh moving back they're jumping back over to rick and alexandria um jesus has decided to leave uh not the jesus but a jesus uh jesus is his nickname really but he's decided to leave with his partner uh, he's also gay in this comic book so uh he told Rick that he needs to leave. He needs to get out of here. He needs to like go to the hilltop. So that's where he wants to go and be with Maggie and help them out. Uh, Jesus, he's been a character for a long time too. Uh, more recently, but yes, he's been I say in about half the series. Yeah, he's been in there for quite a while. Yeah, yeah he's been in there for quite a while before Negan. So yeah, um, he was the first person to bring them to Alexandria. Yes. Yeah, uh, but. Rick is understanding, you know, uh, Rick's like, thanks for looking out. Thanks for keeping, uh, you know, an eye and thanks for everything you do. And, um, uh, let me know what's, uh, what's up with Carl and send Carl back if you can, you know? Yep. So, and then, uh, I like that last line, you know, Jesus just looks at Rick and he's like, take care of yourself, Rick. Like, I really mean it. Take care of yourself. Just, you know, he, he really confides in Rick and Rick is that stoic leader that that strong foundation of a, of a person that everyone needs to be like him and uh everyone needs him in this world because without rick without rick grimes in this world Mm -hmm. everything would fall apart there'd be absolute chaos without him at one point yeah do you think that still holds true i think so at this point i think it's even more uh even more so than before because just with the way things are like things it's it's that lord of the flies look at the drop of a hat things as you know it could go insanely just barbaric you know well i think they're starting to um diversify they've got different communities now they've got the hilltop they've got alexandria um so they're building back society and i think if something happened to rick like you said carl is becoming more than capable of keeping things in check maybe at both places 
but who has who, you know that's the thing is like who out there in the community is not scared to step up and maybe challenge carl for you know for leadership you know and that's that's the thing like people respect they respect rick but they also kind of fear him just yeah. because of how much he's been through i mean and what he's been willing and to what do he's been for, willing to do for carl and for his wife when she was alive and, and for everybody i mean yeah. he's building he's got crops you know he's building houses this place is pretty much like i would put it at like 90 percent secure you know this place is awesome so he's done so much and without him i really think all of this stuff would crumble so mm-hmm. um but uh where are we at now where are we jumping to oh we're back to we already brought Carl and, up Carl and, and, Sof- and Sophia. Sophia. And then we got off on a tangent. Yeah. But really what Sophia was saying, she's like uh, talking to Carl and she's saying how busy she is with Maggie's baby and Herschel. They named him Herschel, of course, after Maggie's dad. And then um, she's just like, I just, I miss my friend. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I'm, I'm here. You know, he's like, no, I miss talking to you. You're never around. Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm seeing this girl. I can't be friends with you. And she's like, I don't care about what you two do. I just want to talk to you. And he's like, okay, but that's girl politics, man. I think she's just yep. trying to, she's, she's cracking the door. Cause once yeah. you crack the door, she's going to break them up. It's bound to, you know, uh, kick the door down. Yeah. I really foresee something happening with, um, Sophia and Carl. And then is her name Lydia? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's that's Lydia. what I was thinking. Lydia, I think seeing, maybe something happening between them or like seeing them kiss or seeing them st- and then all of a sudden the whisperer is going to come back out in her and she's she'll like try and stake her claim yes and maybe like murder somebody so mm-hmm. I, I hope that doesn't happen because i like sophia but um that's what i think might happen yeah um so then we jump to rick at the tombstones again yeah having a really hard time with andrea yeah he's talking to the grave and just telling her what what's going on and telling her that carl's okay everything's fine things are looking good and then at one point he just stops and breaks down he just says i miss you i just i really miss you so much and you we're left with this long almost like where the camera's panning up um of him just you know weeping at the gravesite what i don't what it's reminiscent of is back when he used to talking to the phone when his wife died yeah it, it reminds me of that but now he's talking to the tombstone since they have yeah. a tombstone this form. makes more sense yeah. yeah yeah he's not losing it or anything it's not like gravesite's talking back to him yeah but yeah um this is where the, we get to the end of our book and we're left with a big surprise i knew this was jesus, gonna happen jesus and his man oh camping yeah. and you know it's completely except for one frame made up of uh six panels of just artwork and it each panel is getting closer and closer of Jesus looking down at his uh, boyfriend sleeping, and he goes, "Yep, I think this one's gonna last." And I knew it right as he said that. I was like, "Oh fuck, what's gonna happen?" There's one more page. Like yep. no one, no one says that in a, in a Walking Dead book and has a, a good outcome. And then we turn the page, and okay, do you know who this is? Because this is Beta, I have not been following. You know, like I said lately, his name is Beta. Okay, uh, so we're left with a giant one-page panel, no words of Beta the second in command of the whispers with two giant knives standing behind Jesus, just looming behind him. And, uh, he's like super close too. So I really hope Jesus doesn't bite the dust. Jesus is crafty enough. I hope that he fights his way out, but that's the the ending page of the issue, man. I'm looking Uh, at the previous pages and I'm like, how the fuck did he sneak up on Jesus? Yeah. The whispers, they're called the whispers for that reason. They're really quiet and they, they, uh, they infiltrate, groups of zombies yeah and they wear these zombie masks mm-hmm. 
and then they just hide in groups of of uh, of walkers. Oh, because the, when they the first, smell of the mass. Yep, and, things and like that. when they when they first encountered them, uh, these guys were going out and looking for some survivors. They were looking for some people who hadn't come back. And they run into this barn, and then the barn kind of gets swarmed by some walkers, and they jump out, and they're like, all right, let's just take them on, you know, mm -hmm. it's just walkers, pretty routine. And all of a sudden, the walkers have, like, they're holding weapons, and they start using them. And okay, then I'm, I'm going to have to get caught up because... Um, it was super surprising at the time because, you know, the walkers are, are attacking back and, like, intelligently and blocking. And it was really weird and, like, a mental mind fuck as a reader because you're like, what the... Other? Are they getting smarter? What's happening here? And then... Um, I thought that in the TV show, right? When all of a sudden the zombies are using rocks to break glass. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, they start intuitively like fighting back. And mm -hmm. then they start talking, like whispering. Like, you know, you can't leave. You know, like all this shit. So, yeah. and then finally at the end of... Or the next issue, one of the guys looks down and there's like like a uh, uh like a sh like a lace. lace you could yeah. tell that it was a mask and he and he opens it up and there's somebody inside so that's when you figure out oh okay it's people wearing other people's skin and then Gross. yeah so it's sick hannibal lecter type shit yeah and then yeah and it wasn't really revealed that way until like a few issues in because one of the survivors makes his way back and he said they were talking and, and like Rick was there and he's like, you're fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, they don't not, talk. They don't talk. He's like, no, they were whispering. Like, they were talking. They were they were telling, like, each other about where we went. Like, they went that way. Like, so that's why they're known as the whisperers. Because um, they whisper to each other in groups of other walkers, real walkers. Okay, and so how did, uh, catch me up, how did Lydia come to be with Carl? Uh, Rick went into the, uh, the whisperers territory mm -hmm. and this was uh sorry this is after uh lydia and uh and alpha and beta they showed showed a force a show of force at at rick's place so they brought like everybody yep. and it was a ton of them and then lydia had kind of been rescued slash brought into the fold because she didn't want to be part of this thing anymore. Oh, okay. So, uh, so Alpha came to reclaim her and then Rick gave her back and then Carl went after Lydia. So Carl stole Lydia back and then that's when the war happened is because okay. Rick, Rick kept interfering with the Whisperer's business. Okay. You know, Alpha was like, come back to our territory and I'll show you what happens. Like, yeah. And then this might wreck something for you, but don't care. Okay. I, I never care about spoilers. Okay. Great. Good. You do a spoiler show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Rick went into their territory again, you know? Yep. And then she said, don't come back to my territory. You'll see what happens. And as they come back to his territory, there's all these stakes on, there's all these stakes lined up as like a, a line of sure. my side, your side. Yep. And on every single one Big of these head. stakes, our heads yeah. of people from Alexandria. Uh, okay. And one of them was Ezekiel. Ew. And it was rough because it was like, see now where I'm at, people. where I'm at in, cause the, they were having a county fair. They were like, Ray was having a county fair. And then all of a sudden people just started disappearing. Like I can't find my wife. I can't find my son. I can't find this person. Well, guess what? Their heads are on fucking pikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause where I'm at in the trades, like Ezekiel still with the group. He's alive. It was nuts, dude. It was nuts. And Michonne was, Michonne was pissed. And then there was a big war. Mm -hmm. And then alpha got killed by Negan. Nice. 
because Negan has been Negan tried to make friends and like with the whispers. No, he tried to make friends with Rick. He went into the whispers and played like he was going to make friends with them and like try and take over is what I thought he was going <laughs> to sure. do. But he knew that he couldn't control this wild animal, so he basically made Alpha like lower her guard. Yeah, and as she was like in the woods, he just fucking gutted her <laughs> yeah it was awesome and then he and then he had a uh, burlap sack and he's I like got her head. yeah he got, he got her head and he's like man i can't like i can't remember exactly what he says but it's just a really negan line he's like i can't wait to see the fucking smile on rick's face when he sees this like <laughs> so how's negan been doing since lucille broke uh died yeah right uh he's off on his own now yeah uh, they kicked him out He's no longer part of any group. Um, one person from Alex or one person from the hilltop followed him and marked on a map where he was, and yeah. then brought it back to Maggie and said, "I marked an N." That's why the, that guy says, "I marked an N on the map of where he is." Okay. So that's why that guy said that to her. Because okay. I think that happened in this book, didn't it? Maybe the last issue. Maybe but, maybe it was the last issue. I thought it was in here, but um, but yeah. Um, see, yeah, it's good. Great book, man. Since I jumping ahead from where i was reading and to start reading it from a future point it's going to take me um a while to like okay get all caught up yeah but i mean ultimately in the whisper war rick won and beat him back without not without his casualties and, and things but um they beat back the whispers and then um right as negan was about to kill beta of course lucille broke and then beta got away mm-hmm. so that's that big burly guy that's his name's beta okay got it do you think Kirkman will stay on this till the end? Oh, yeah. Exactly. This is his baby. I don't think he does. I don't think that there's anything that's done with this book without his say. I worry that it'll turn into a spawn situation where he's just... I don't think so. He's, it's so big where he's like, hey, you dig it. I'm going to relax. No, I, I really think this is his baby. I think nothing is going to you know happen in this book that's going to be a big event without Kirkman um, giving the go-ahead. Yeah. So I, I really think Kirkman's going to stay on this till the till the very end and i don't see an end for this book i really don't you know at this point you know this could go on for quite a while yeah. we'll see how long it goes i mean maybe if it gets up into like 300 issues yeah then maybe kirkman will be like okay my because at some point kirkman's saga will be over because kirkman's saga is rick and carl and maggie and the main cast yeah but once those characters are gone who's to say no one else can write for it because those characters were Kirkman's creation. Yeah. And once those characters are gone, then I see it would see it being okay with somebody else taking over. Yeah, it'll be okay then, but I see Kirkman um, introducing a new character like he's just done and slowly building them up to when um, Rick is gone that he would just write the new character. Like you, I don't think he'll have anyone ever write it. I think I when he's done writing, I think the story's done. I think so too, but yeah, I mean, um, we'll have to see. That's that's the best thing about The Walking Dead is is the what what's going to happen. You know, we've been with these characters for so long, so and we talk about Walking Dead in such great length, and it just shows the love of the comic. It's just a great book, and again, yeah. there's a reason it sells a million copies a month. Yeah, I can't think of another series that's had this many issues with the one with the same writer. Yeah, and and kept its popularity. Yeah. And being the the created the the creator as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Stan Lee didn't stay on Spider Man as long as this. No. No. And those are the creators that dabble in maybe a little too much, but those are 
those are the creators slash businessmen, you know, and right. You know, Spider-Man Spider was a Marvel property and this yeah. is a Kirkman property. Kirk, and he, Kirkman is one of those creators slash businessmen, but I, I pride him for doing this and, uh, and just keeping it his, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, there are other, um, stuff under Skybound, which is Kirkman stuff. Yeah. That's produced by him. That's produced by him, but yet he, other people write it and that's yeah. fine. And that's why I love, I like the fact that he's getting rid of his other series. Um, the long running one, the superhero one, um, invincible, invincible, not because I didn't think it was a cool story. Cause I love invincible, <laughs> But, you know, okay, it's one less thing that he's going to have to focus on. Because um, I think this is the only thing he's writing right now. Yeah, in terms of him by himself, right, you know, doing the writing. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's not solely by himself. I'm sure he's got a team that he helped, that he maybe just talks um, his ideas Comes off. up with stories, just generalized ideas. Well, figure out archetypes and figure out things and figure out where they want to go. So, yep. uh, yeah, absolutely love it. Yeah. Ooh, excuse me. That was a big yawn. I was fucking yawning. Over it's here. been a long day. I've no, been trust at, me, dude. I, I, I work 10 hours and then we do this here so. in uh, <laughs> Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We had the festival of bands today. Yeah. It's a big marching band competition for band nerds. Um, band nerds. My, <laughs> my stepson, he's a freshman and this is a big band competition for him today. So I sat in the sun, you know, it wasn't hot, but you know, just being out in the sunlight and, you know, I don't know if you know about my heritage, but I'm Norwegian, half Norwegian and half vampire. So, um, being, ah, be, burns. <laughs> it us. uh, no, I just, I was not feeling well when I had left the show and you need to uh, get some suntan lotion. Uh, why I'm covered, <laughs> I'm, I'm covered in tattoos. You can't even tell that I'm white anymore. Uh, um, so anyway, we uh, probably just catch you later this week. Like I said, yeah. I think the show coming up is going to be about happy. Yeah. We'll uh, see. I mean, we'll figure it out. We're going to try and make it work uh, to get together. Because if we don't have, if we're not going to review weekly comic books this week and we're just going to do this, we can do it any day this week. As yeah, as honestly, yeah, we could. So um, we'll figure it out, though. We'll, we'll mull it back and forth and we'll uh, come up with a plan and... Uh, work it out from there but uh see yeah and I, I like it that we're kind of switching it up with an interview this week maybe a graphic novel next week because we've been reviewing weekly books um since we started yeah and i, I love that format but you know it, a change up every once in a while is good so things don't get stale no absolutely not that i yeah. thought they were getting stale but no you know but yeah. something different for the readers different and it's the readers <laughs> the listeners you don't read this show stupid so i mean uh, so i mean it's not like people hang on uh oh i gotta hear what they say about the newest issue of this you know because we pick and choose what we want to talk about it's not like we talk about every single thing that comes out yeah uh, or else the show would be 18 hours long Mm -hmm. I ain't got time for that, homie. No, ain't I, nobody got time for that. You know, I was hoping to talk about regression, but since you didn't read it, that's cool. Yeah, because uh, it was really good. Was it? Yeah, I'll have to get it. I'll have to get it. I might get the Walking Dead cover on it too. If they did Walking Dead variants this month, they did. But I started with the this cover series, so I'm, I'm continuing on with it. So yeah, a, a good Colin Bunn book though. I like Colin Bunn. He's got just everything. He's uh -huh. doing tons of stuff. Yeah, him and uh, Donny Cates mm -hmm. are both cranking stuff out. big writers right now yes they are but uh thanks so much guys for listening drop us some comments drop us some reviews uh still waiting on somebody to claim that comic book homies it's crazy uh, to me that no one has i know right um yes yeah, so this is weird i just got to bring this up 
two episodes ago, two episodes before this, we hit 95 um, downloads. Last week's, we're at like under 20. <laughs> what, what the hell is going on? What the hell happened? People. I need big numbers to bring to advertisers because I don't know if you've ever made a creative project, um, but we have to pay for things like hosting for this show, and that costs some money every month, and the books John and I buy. Um, I used to buy books because I wanted to read them, and I still do want to read these, but now my focus is, will this be a good book for this show yeah and so i kind of feel like it's an expense for the show exactly and uh, the more of you that download the show the more advertisers pay attention and if we don't get advertisers we might look at other avenues um maybe like a patreon thing where um it's basically a donation site um and then maybe we'll have some special offers for when you hit like x amount of dollars. yeah if you're you can donate as little as a dollar you know but maybe if you're a ten dollar a month um donator um you get t-shirts or you know every time we get we make a new t-shirt they get one because we have one, our first t-shirt coming out soon i'm going to put those up on our website for pre-order if you want one um we'll basically print as needed um, well and the biggest thing is if if we want to do things we want to do giveaway special things uh that money won't just go towards the show. That could go for giveaways for you as listeners. You know, if, if we get certain dollar amounts, you know, you said $10, T-shirt, yep. $20, gold foil cover, you yep. know, yep. $50. I can get you. I got a hookup. I can get you stuff. Yeah. You know, I can get things that people will like for the show or yeah, I can reward people for uh, for being a Patreon. That's kind of the biggest thing of that is yeah, getting those tiered rewards. Yep. Uh, I've got plenty in my collection, and uh, I've got hookups and different routes and avenues to get things. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, there's th- tons of things we can do. So that's one one thing I've been thinking Hell, about is we'll get Jason Biggs to sign an autograph for uh, for us. One thing <laughs> that I one thing <laughs> I wish if somebody sends us a hundred thousand dollars, we're getting a Jason Biggs eight by ten. <laughs> with that kind of money we can do it yeah uh hell he'd come on the I'll show go to his for house fucking five grand we'll go over and have tea <laughs> um it's tam crumpets <laughs> you need to work on that and figure that out <laughs> work yeah. on my english accent yeah i'm american damn it <laughs> uh yeah but one thing i don't want to do is turn this into a subscription show because that one one we want listeners and i feel like that alienates listeners i think Um, so too it's tough for people to spend who i i am a huge podcast listener and i don't pay for one of them yeah i donate to the ones that i really respect and that um maybe people don't respect us i want to see them going (laughs) well here's the thing we haven't set up uh, an account for them to donate to so that's true that's true (laughs) i will i'll set up uh, i'll set up an account over the weekend and you know what i'm just announcing it right here we will have a patreon account um available by the next show and uh we'll come up with different tiers for for the donators so cool first person to donate gets a gold foil cover <laughs> I'm, i really want to get rid of one i have too many <laughs> we really want um your patronage basically uh so i just want people to uh, uh let us know in the comments what they think um, i know we had one of your buddies say they want to do the aries uh or the red red rising or whatever yeah um we can't get yeah. to that though until it comes out in trade yeah so and um yeah and he doesn't live around here so i think it would be fun once we review it after we review it get him on and say okay here's what we th- you know what we thought of it 
What do you think? Did we yeah. did we do it justice? Yeah. And he'll be able to be like, I hate you guys. I, you guys uh, suck. I, I hate my, you guys so I much. I want my five Patreon dollars that, back. That was my favorite comic, and you <laughs> ripped it to shreds. Right, exactly. Okay, for Smash and Grab Comics, this is Tyler. This is JP. See you guys.